This is the Marketplace Morning Report. I'm Kimberly Adams, in for David Brancaccio. An arrest for a drug offense can lead to years, or for some, decades in jail. But now a trend of alternative sentencing is keeping some offenders out of jail. The latest episode of Marketplace's podcast, The Uncertain Hour, looks at court-ordered community service programs and how they are being used in the opioid crisis. For more on this topic, we turn to Heather Ann Thompson. She's a history professor at the University of Michigan who has studied these programs. Good morning. Good morning. So how is the justice system rethinking sentencing and mass incarceration? Well, I think that most who work for the justice system or who've experienced it understand that we are in a bit of a crisis, way too many people uh, locked up. So there's a real push to think about doing justice differently. A key feature of that is to think about alternatives to actual imprisonment. And what do you mean by alternatives to imprisonment? Well, I think there's a number of options. There are different kinds of courts. For example, there's now drug courts. There's also a real move to community uh, service, community supervision, where uh, someone would actually work for uh, a locality uh, rather than uh, be locked up. And the idea is that they're giving back to the community uh, while also being close to family and not costing the state uh, a lot of money in terms of incarceration. But how much money do communities actually save by using these types of programs? From the cost-saving point of view, of course, it's a cost-shifting mechanism that puts a lot of burden on the folks who are doing that community service. Their families are now bearing the costs of incarceration. And it's also really not clear how much is saved financially because of the enormous bureaucracy. You mentioned the cost of these programs on individual families. Can you talk about those costs? When those folks are under home supervision, it is, of course, the family member that has a family person living in their home who's forced to work for free for the state. So in other words, they're not making any money. But of course, family members are still having to house them and feed them. But we need to be clear that this incarcerated person, now incarcerated at home, is still making money for some other entity. And it's the family that's picking up those hidden costs of incarceration. What would need to change to make these systems, in your opinion, work better? The most important question is why do we have so many people in that system more than any other time in American history, more than any other country? So if we want to solve this, we have to stop treating social problems with criminal justice solutions. Heather Ann Thompson is a professor of history at the University of Michigan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.